Well, today wasn't wasn't a good day. You know, we didn't we didn't get much going early at all. You know, I don't know I don't know if we had a man on third base today, maybe maybe once. So not good enough today. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. You know, my boss is listening. This is a message uh, for my boss. You better be careful here. Because with the Brewers season going on, if the Brewers play in the afternoon, that cuts into my show. Brewers covered up the show yesterday, a couple of times during spring training. Going to cover the show up a little bit tonight, a little bit tomorrow. Not going to have a show at all on Thursday with the Brewers playing at 4 o'clock. There's just a little warning here. All right, I don't mind the days off. I'm not going to complain. But a little warning, if I get too used to this, I'm going to become basically a podcaster. Where I only do two, three shows a week tops. I get one guest. I write one or two takes and that's it. Is that what you want? You want me to become basically a podcaster? That's the life. Do way less work. Only a couple days a week. I know one of my favorite podcasts. Ryan Rosillo didn't put out his podcast today till like 3 p.m. 3 p.m. On a Tuesday. Should have been out Monday at 6 a.m. So with all these brewery games, I'm going to start slipping. Uh, I'll, I'll keep the quality, uh, but we haven't had very many shows because of the brewers. I'm going to start slipping. I'm going to become a podcaster. My attitude is going to become very, very privileged. My work ethic is going to go down the tubes with all these brewer games covering up my show. That, that's a warning to my boss. Uh, I don't know what we'll do about it, but it's going to happen. <laughs> Just watch. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you had a great weekend. We didn't have a chance to talk yesterday. Neil Diamond week was last week. That bit now has to die for the next calendar year. It always sucks coming back the week after Neil week. It's like taking Christmas decorations down. <sighs> That's fine. I'll get over it. I know you guys were over it last Tuesday. <laughs> you guys were over it so quickly. Uh, tonight's going to be fun. We're going to talk Brewers because really we haven't had a chance to chat since what, a half hour last week after the Brewers' first game? That was it. That's basically all we've had to talk about the, the first four games of the Brewers. So we're going to talk a lot about the Brewers tonight. We're going to talk Bucks with Justin Garcia, Bucks Radio Network. He's the studio host. He's going to join us at 4.30. It's been a while since we've connected with Justin. I don't think we're going to preview the Bulls too heavily, unless Justin disagrees with me, because I think the Bucks are going to whack the Bulls, and I don't think that series is going to be serious at all. I think the Bucks sweep them. Maybe something fluky happens and it takes five games, but this series is not going to be a thing. So I don't think with our limited time this week, it's limited. Like I said, Brewers are going to cover up the show on Thursday. I'm off on Friday. We're done at 5.30 tonight and 5.30 tomorrow. We have very limited time. Time is valuable this week. I don't know if I want to spend it talking about Billy Donovan's lineup potential. Are we going to run out Tristan Thompson and Vucevic at the same time? Like, I don't, I don't want to spend time talking about that. We are going to talk Bucks and the playoffs, which begin tonight with the play-in games. Justin Garcia is going to be here at 4.30. It'll be nice to connect with him. A couple of Packers items in the second hour of the show. We're not going to be able to go very deep into some of these Packers stories. There's an Aaron Rodgers story today, and I want to talk about something related to the draft. So we're going to get to that after 5 o'clock. If you'd like to join the show, I'd love to connect. It's been a couple of days. 608-796-2558. Send me a text or give me a call. And I'd love to get into it. We didn't have a show yesterday. Brewers broadcast went until 6.01, by the way. 
this show's supposed to end at 6. I thought I would have 10 minutes. I thought I'd gone at like 5.45. No, the Brewers broadcast went until 6.01. I know because I sat right here waiting for the broadcast and thinking I was going to have to do a couple of minutes. Yesterday was a complete and total lost cause, 100%. We didn't have a show, and that was maybe the worst baseball game I've ever watched. <laughs> like, how could that game have been any worse? It was terrible. It was absolutely horrible. Adrian Hauser was fine, I guess. Fine. He was fine. The two runs he gave up were on a little single following two two-out walks to the eight and nine hitters. I don't know that there's a worse way to give up two walks unless you're doing it on errors or some bad call by the ump. You cannot give up two more painful runs of your own volition other than with two outs, walking the eight and the nine hitter, and then giving up a hit to the leadoff hitter with the bases loaded. That's There's nothing worse than that. Brewers offense was shut out, and of course they got guys on base. They actually had the leadoff runner on like three out of the last four innings or something like that. I heard them mention it on the broadcast. And of course... If you're following along with this statistic, and this is always one of our favorites, the Brewers are two of 22 with runners in scoring position to start the season. Uh, I, I feel like we can say that to start every Brewer season. I don't even know if that's research I needed to do. It's just fact. They stink with runners in scoring position, right? I didn't recognize a single Orioles pitcher yesterday. Did I say Orioles? Orioles. <laughs> Might as well. The last time the Brewers played in Baltimore was 2003. I apologize for not knowing anything about the Orioles, although I, I don't apologize. I'm not sorry. Bruce Zimmerman? Who's that? Former Brewer Jorge Lopez is closing the game out. That's if that if that doesn't scream quality. I don't I don't know what does. This is just painful to watch. It was one of the worst baseball games I have ever viewed. And I watched the whole thing because I had nothing better to do. I was stuck here at work thinking we were going to have at least a little bit of a show, so I had the game on. If I would have known that the game was going to take until 6 o'clock, I just would have gone home. I wouldn't have watched it because it was terrible. But, beauty of baseball, there's another game today and tomorrow. The Brewers' home opener is on Thursday, so we move on. We move past. The Brewers have started 1-3. and three. I was paying attention to other shows today. I was combing through Twitter looking at other stations, at other hosts, what kind of question they're posing. The National Weather Service in La Crosse has issued a severe thunderstorm warning for Southeastern Jackson County in west central Wisconsin, northwestern Juneau County in central Wisconsin, northern Adams County in central Wisconsin, northeastern Monroe County in west central Wisconsin, until 4.45 p.m. At 4.07 p.m., a severe thunderstorm was located 12 miles east of Milston, or 18 miles north of Toma, moving east at 55 miles per hour. Expected hazards include 60 miles per hour wind gusts and quarter-size hail. Severe weather has been reported by the public reported one inch hail three miles northeast of Cataract at 3.52 p.m. The following impacts are expected. Hail damage to vehicles is expected. Expect wind damage to roofs, siding, and trees. This severe thunderstorm will be near. New Rome around 4.35 p.m. Other locations impacted by the severe thunderstorm include New Minor, City Point, Lake Arrowhead, Mather, Potter's Floyd. County Roads G and O and the Sprague Mather Flowage. 
For your protection, move to an interior room on the lowest floor of a building. Repeating, a severe thunderstorm warning has been issued until 4.45 p.m. for the following counties, in Wisconsin, Adams, Jackson, Juneau, and Monroe. Steven Sparta. Steve, what's going on? What do you think? Yeah, you can't freak out. It's only been four games. They got plenty of time to turn it around. You know, four games, that's only like 2% of their season. Yeah, thanks, Steve. I appreciate your thoughts. Let's go to Larry. Larry is in, in, in Middleton. Larry, what's up? Yeah, I've always said I never checked the standings until Memorial Day anyways. It doesn't matter that they started slow. Yep, thanks, Larry. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, we got another call. Who's this? We got uh, Suzanne in Sun Prairie. Yeah, you know, if council would just call for a bunt here and there. Okay, Suzanne, yep, thanks for the call. That would be the whole show. That would be the, that would be the whole show. That would be the next hour and a half. I don't want to do that. That would be almost as boring as the game was yesterday. Every other show, every other radio show, every other podcast and blog that I've looked at and listened to and checked out today, they're doing the same thing. It's the same conversation. It's like people are chasing their tails. You get nowhere. Well, yeah, it hasn't looked good, but the season's really long, so they certainly have plenty of time to to figure it out, and I never look at the standings until a couple weeks, and anyways, it's just blah, 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 blah. You're just, you're just talking. Like Brad Pitt says in Moneyball, you're just talking, right? Blah, 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 blah. That's boring. I don't want to do that today. Something I do want to talk about, I saw a tweet yesterday from one of our day one listeners, Jeremy and Scani. He tweeted... It made me laugh. Hold on, I'm going to pull it up. I thought I saved it, and I didn't. I tweeted back at him. He tweeted yesterday, scroll, scroll, is this team bad? Which, just come out and say it. If you think the team is bad, say they suck, right? I appreciate this tweet from Jeremy. And when I saw this tweet, I had flashbacks. Like, I blacked out, and I was immediately transported to the beginning of the year last year. Like, I was, I was there. I could see it. I could feel it. I could see the Brewers losing in Kansas City in back-to-back nights in May. I could see them losing four in a row to the Phillies, right? I could, I, could, I could see it. I was there. I was transported. When I saw this tweet from Jeremy saying, is this team bad? Because I saw this tweet, and I thought, oh, my God. We did the same thing last year, and probably the year before, and probably the year before. I just can't remember back that far. We had the same conversations and the same thoughts to begin last season. The Brewers started 1-3 and three last season, too. But I think the real low point for this team came in early May. They lost a bunch of games in a row to the Phillies. I think they lost four in a row in that four-game series. They lost a couple to Miami, and then they got swept in that two-game set in Kansas City. I saved a box score from one of those Phillies games. Listen to who the hitters were in this game. So, Wong, Kane, and Yelich, they were staples all season long. Travis Shaw was playing third. Javi Garcia was playing right. He was a stable. Vogelback was at first. Pablo Reyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he was playing. Luis Urias was playing shortstop. Luke Maley was catching. Jackie Bradley Jr. got in there. Billy McKinney got in there. My point, half of those guys weren't on the team later in the year. When they actually started playing well and they actually started winning, compare... The box scores of those games, the good Brewers from last year, once they got going, compare those box scores to the box scores when they kind of bottomed out in late April and in early May. It's a different team. I look at the box score from yesterday. Now I like McCutcheon, Adamas, Yelich, Renfro, Hira, Telez, Kane, Tyrone Taylor, Colton Wong, Mike Brasso, Jace Peterson, Victor Caratini. I like that team. I like the lineup we've been seeing. But I like the lineup to start last season, too at least until they got hit by injuries. But it always changes. 
everything always changes. If you listen to Council and Stearns, they'll tell you all the time, well, this team's going to look way different. You know, months from now, weeks from now, the lineup's going to change all the time. We're going to move guys around. There's a feeling out process. And we never, we never remember that. We see a box score from the first three days of the season. We're like, man, this team might suck. They don't suck. They don't suck. They had a tough two series or a series and a half so far to start the year. And if you look at box scores from last year, that'll tell you that exact story. I was digging up old tweets of mine. I went from, let's see here, May 13th to May 21st, which is when the Brewers were losing a lot of games. These were some of my tweets. This is May 19th. Sure, the Brewers are terrible at situational offense, but give them credit, they are also terrible at situational defense. They were bad at this point in the season. I'm going to keep scrolling. Uh, favorite Wisconsin summer weekend activity. Drive to Lake Superior and stand solemnly on the shore while listening to the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. That was May 15th. Um, great. That sounds great right now. I'd love to go do that. Especially right now, we have the, the gales of April are blowing outside. we got severe thunderstorm warning. I would love a reason to go to Lake Superior. Not really what we're talking about, so I'm going to keep going. Some tweets about Michael Beasley. Uh, here's a sarcastic tweet about Avi Garcia not bunting, even though he hit a home run. Uh, here's a tweet from May 19th. Good morning. Predicting both a Burns no-hitter and a Brewers loss tonight. <laughs> That's basically what happened. I remember correctly in that game. Uh, not messing around on the Wisco Sports Show tonight. Declaring a must-win to hopefully rally the troops. I believe they went on to lose that game. Yep, the next tweet, our teams are now 0-4 in games we've declared a must-win on the Wisco Sports Show. Yeah, that sounds about right. Some tweets about the Bucks. Oh, here's one from May 18th. Need you all to apologize to me for my Orlando Arcia takes. My DMs are open. I won't even make you do it publicly. <laughs> Happy birthday, Bart Winkler. There's a tweet to our friend Bart. More Orlando Arcia tweets and a uh, tweet at Clay Travis. So as you can tell by my tweets from a year ago and the box scores from a year ago, we do this every spring when the Brewers start poorly, right? And it's always a good time to listen to Gordon Lightfoot. I'm going up to Lake Superior in a month, so I will be staring into the Gitchigumi listening to the song next month. God, this is such a good track. I will take any excuse to listen to Gordon Lightfoot. We did this all last year. All of the conversations that we're having yesterday and today, we did this a year ago. When the Brewers started slow and were like, well, we don't look at the standings till Memorial Day anyways. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. All these conversations are a huge waste of time. A huge waste of time. Now, maybe a productive conversation is to look at the lineup and say, well, the lineup never looks the same a month into the season as it does to begin the season. And that's made evident last year and the year before. Where's the change happening on this lineup? Is McCutcheon not going to be hitting leadoff and DHing? Is Yelich not going to be playing every day? Is Renfro not going to stick? Is he going to have a Jackie Bradley Jr. type year? What about Keston Hira? He was playing first. Tyrone Taylor was great in center. Maybe he starts to play more. Maybe we get less Lorenzo Cain. You have to look at the roster and the lineup from the last couple of days. And remember, it's going to look different in a month or two or three. So maybe that's a productive conversation. What tweaks can they make? What changes can they make? How can they streamline this team as the season rolls along? But debating whether or not this team is good at such... A futile exercise, and I won't do it today. I'm not going to ask you if you're panicking or not. I'm not going to ask you for your level of concern because your level of concern should be zero. Your panic level should be zero. Maybe this team does blow. Maybe they do stink. 
But we can draw that conclusion in a month or two. It's April. What's the date today? April 12th. It's not even 420 yet. For those who celebrate and observe 420, it's not even Easter yet. There we go. We'll have a, a secular holiday and a religious holiday. We're not even Easter. Calm down. We're not panicking. There's no concern. Nothing like that. 608-796-2558. I want to talk about Tyrone Taylor coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Garcia is going to join us here in about 10 minutes to talk Bucks, preview the playoffs. The playing games start tonight. Brooklyn and Cleveland is the first game. And Minnesota versus the LA Clippers is the second game tonight. Finally, some basketball. Last night was miserable. That first Monday after the regular season wraps up and you're waiting for the playoffs to start. Oh, it's brutal. There's no basketball on TV. Nothing to watch. I was watching the Phillies and the Mets last night. I'm pretty sure. I don't even remember. And I watched it for like two hours. I'm not even 100% sure which game I watched. I know it was on FS1. That much I remember. I had to uh, finesse a cable login into the app on my smart TV that may or may not have been my cable login. Uh, Everything perfectly legal, uh, above the belt stuff. Just just creative viewing. Let's let's put it that way. 608-796-2558 is the number to text and call. My name is Grant Bills. You can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Brewers lineup came out an hour ago. Oh, and look at that. There are some changes. Wong is back in the leadoff spot. Jace Peterson at the bottom. Lorenzo Cain's back in center. Narvaez is catching. See, making changes, making tweaks. Guys moving around. This is all very fluid. It's all very flexible. Freaking out about any one individual game is stupid. Even if it's a game a week before the playoffs start, they're just... Single games. They're just individual games. We're not looking at some fat sample size. They played four games. So I'm not asking you your level of concern. I'm not asking if you're panicking. I don't care. (laughs) I'm not panicking. I'm not concerned. And if you are, that's your problem. That's not my problem. Give it a week or two. Give it a a month. And then maybe we can talk about panic level or concern. Got a tweet here from Steven. I tweeted out something earlier today. A question, and that's what I want to talk about next. I want to talk about Tyrone Taylor. Um, I, I've realized over the last year or so that there's a big chunk of Brewers fandom that believes Tyrone Taylor is a stud. Like, this dude's a beast. He's an everyday outfielder. He just needs at-bats, right? He should be playing every day. He's really, really good. I think Nelson Rowdy on Ebo's show, Mornings on the Zone, I think he's the leader of this sect of Brewers fandom believes Tyrone Taylor might actually be their best outfielder. He just needs to play. And I don't want to put words in, in Rowdy's mouth. I was on the zone this morning. I should have asked him about it. Shoot. It's not that I don't like Tyrone Taylor. I've just never thought of him as an everyday guy. I tweeted today, realistically, what is Tyrone Taylor's ceiling? Like, well, if you were to play him every day and he has a career year, what does that career year look like? A couple of tweets here. Steven said the roof, which is funny, quoting Michael Jordan. E-Man says average at best. Uh, that would be a bummer. Um, John says 2020 season. Does that mean, does that mean 20 homers, 20 stolen bases? Is that what that means? 
Uh, Drew says Carlos Gomez. Oh, that's a little rich for my blood. JT says Michael Kadire. I don't exactly know numbers. I just really love referencing Michael Kadire on the show because that was a really fun Twins team. <laughs> that's about it, right? I, I know a lot of Brewers fans believe Tyrone Taylor is really, really good, and he just needs to play. Um, had two really good catches in center field yesterday. He had a double the other day. Um, I, I'm wondering. I don't know. As the Brewers try to figure out who's going to get at bats and how that outfield is going to line up, is Tyrone Taylor going to get more playing time as the season goes along? Hunter Renfro's off to a slow start. Christian Yelich is, I don't know how we're supposed to talk about Christian Yelich. Maybe Tyrone Taylor is part of how this team looks different in a month versus right now. I know there's a big portion of Brewers fandom that really believes in Tyrone Taylor. Maybe DW in New Glarus feels that way. DW, what's going on? Welcome. Hey, Grant. Say a couple things I want to get off my chest. Uh, uh, these Brewer fans just need to chill out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if they're waiting, you know, a month and a half in the season, then each starter gets four or five starts, they're still walking a lot of people, then you need to start paying it. You know, maybe then you got to figure something out. But, you know, these guys only have three and a half weeks of spring training. Yeah. But you usually get six. So they're trying to ramp up real fast, and I, I think the Brewers pitching staff is just too good to let this continue. So, I mean, the Brewers are going to be in the playoffs at the end of the year. Yeah. We don't know how big of a lead they're going to have, but it's between uh, St. Louis and Milwaukee. I think so. I mean, that's the way I look at it. And the other thing is Tyrone Taylor, you got to get him 450 to 500 to bats this year. Yeah. Um, that kid, he's fantastic. I mean, every time he plays, he shows up. Um, I mean, he's had the clutch. He had some really good clutch hits last year, and I think he'll continue to grow with the, the more playing time you give him. And Council realizes that he just he's got a he, he's got a, a mix and match to the best of his ability. I mean, I like the way he dropped uh, Long down against a left-handed starter the other day. Yeah. Um, Maybe you give Yelich a couple of days off if he doesn't produce and, and put Tyrone in spot. I mean, it's just, you know, Yelich is off to a, a decent start. He just isn't hitting for power. Yeah, when he's so, not getting the hits when the guys are on base, right? Like, he gets correct. up there with the guys on base. Okay, you can expect a ground out. But if there's two outs and the inning is about to end and there's no one on, okay, well, you're going to get a nice line drive. You're going to get a single. That's just kind of how the Brewers' offense has been going so far this year. But, but you, you know what, though? Nobody's hitting with guys in the scoring position. No. I mean, uh, what are they, two for two for 22 25 or something I think, like that yeah. yeah and i don't so, know you, you tell me does that include christian yelich's sack fly does that count as one of those two because that's the <laughs> cheapest rbi you'll ever get I, it's not a hit so i don't know if it counts but yeah. th- that was well, hardly just, a sack fly that was a lucky it, pop-up it, it doesn't go against your ABs. i think it's just it gives you an r you know an rbi okay but, yeah. you know there's one other thing i don't really want to change the subject but um i was listening to uh the guy that shows up at like 11 o'clock out on lunch and um, he said something about Aaron Rodgers and I say I, I'll tell you this Aaron Rodgers is a selfish SOB because with new wide receivers coming in he's going to he's not going to make OTAs yeah he needs to, he, 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 if he wanted to win another Super Bowl he would be there to me he's just He's selfish. All he wants is the big money contract, and that's it. He don't care if he wins another Super Bowl. He might say he does, but if, if you did, you'd be in OTAs with your team, 
or do like Tom Brady does. Get guys out of the high school and start practicing before OTAs, especially when you're going to get a new, probably get a, I'm guessing maybe two wide receivers drafted in the draft this year, maybe a third one. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all I really had, and I had to get that off my chest, Grant. I love your show, and you guys have a great day, okay? Yeah, thanks. You have a good one as well, TW. That's actually something we're going to talk about in the second half of the show, and that's perfect. It's a good time to bring it up because we're about to take a break. We're going to talk Bucks with Justin, but I'm glad that you brought that up. Tom Silverstein of the Journal Sentinel had a report earlier today that Aaron Rodgers is not expected for any of the offseason program except for what's mandatory. Look, Rodgers can do what he wants. I, DW, you're saying that he's selfish. He doesn't care. I'm not. I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to speak on that today. Maybe we'll talk about it and I'll, I'll, I'll organize my thoughts a little bit better. My hope was that this offseason, Aaron Rodgers really embraces being more like Tom Brady, right? Bringing the rookie ride receivers in, bringing the new guys in, get, you know, come over to my house in Malibu. We're going to spend a week together playing video games, hanging out. We're going to practice. I'm going to be at all the the non-mandatory things. That was my hope. Doesn't seem like we're going to see that, at least according to Tom Silverstein's reporting, and I don't have any reason to doubt Tom. He's one of the best. We're going to talk more about that in the second half of the show. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little NBA playoffs, a little bucks before the play-in games start tonight. Justin Garcia of the Bucks Radio Network joins us next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Tweet me at Wisco Grant. Right before we took that last break, DW in New Glarus brought up a Packers topic. I want to get back into that. We're going to talk more about that in the second half of the show. We're going to break from the Brewers and the Packers for a couple minutes. I want to talk Bucks, NBA playoffs kind of start tonight. The play-in games start tonight. The playoffs start this next weekend. Bucks will match up against the Bulls. Some of the other teams, we're not quite sure yet. we got to see how the play-in games go. And I figured no better person to preview some of these games and talk Bucks than Justin Garcia, Bucks Radio Network. Justin joins us now. Justin, hello. What's up? What's new? Hello? Um, not a whole lot. I do have to say, you know, you don't like to go to someone's home and insult their cooking or, or any of that. You're a guest, but yeah. Tennessee Jed is maybe my least favorite. Oh, <laughs> really? It's so yeah. fun to sing, though. <laughs> really? Uh, I'm not a Tennessee Jed guy. Okay. Well, that's fair. They have a million songs. They can't They can't all be great ones. I have a Grateful Dead question for you at the very, very end, but now I know I can add that to my list. You don't like Tennessee Jed. That's good to know. Speaking of things I don't like, I this isn't, this isn't a question for me. This is just in general. Let's say a Celtics fan is arguing that the Bucks are dodging the Nets and you wanted to fight these Celtics fans online. You don't like these Celtics fans like you don't like Tennessee Jed. How how would you go about that? I'm trying to come up with a strategy, and I'm I'm staying quiet on Twitter, but I, I can't do that much longer. I need some ideas. Yeah. Help me. Oh man, uh, Twitter fights are usually not the greatest. Um, <laughs> it oftentimes becomes like a, a Vince Russo book storyline in the WWE in the '90s, where people just come in from all different directions and, and new allegiances are formed. So I try to stay out of it. I think the big thing that I've seen is. But, well, the Bucks duck the Nets and look at Boston. They just said, we don't care who we play. It's not quite that simple that the Celtics couldn't. And I'm not, look, maybe Boston said, hey, we want Brooklyn. 
Sure. They're crazy if they did, but maybe they said that. It's not as simple as it was for the Bucks, and I think there's a number that, uh, of factors that went into it for the Bucks we can get into. But for the Celtics, they couldn't just say, we're going to lose and make sure we avoid um, the Nets and say, hey, ball's in your court, Bucks, because if they lost and the 76ers won, and granted the Sixers were going without Joel Embiid and James Harden, and they knew that before tip, but if the Sixers won – they would have caught the Celtics. And then the Celtics would get the Toronto Raptors in the first-round series. Ugh. Not even the discussion over who's vaccinated and who isn't. It seems like there's conflicting reports there. But still, that's not a team I would want to play in the first round of the series. So either way, if you're Boston, you're looking at two pretty tough matchups. The Nets isn't a certainty. It's a 95% sure you're going to get Brooklyn. But Toronto is a certainty that if you lose – and Philadelphia wins, you're the four seed. You play the Raptors, who are playing really well, and by the numbers have been one of the four best teams in basketball in the second half of the season, and the whole vaccination thing hanging over you as well. So it's not as easy as saying the Celtics chose to play to win and they weren't ducking a team. While we're talking about the Celtics and the Nets before we get into the Bucks, because the playing starts tonight, we have the Nets playing. I, I don't think – this makes me uneasy, and tell me if I'm worried about nothing – I don't think momentum is going to be on the Bucks' side in round two, right? Assuming the Bucks advance past the Bulls, and I, I think they will. We can talk about that in a sec. They're going to either face Boston or Brooklyn. Boston, if they advance, will have defeated the vaunted Nets, the team that the Bucks dodged, right? That's their mindset, and they'll be feeling cocky and great. And if the Nets beat Boston, they will have come out of the play-in to knock off maybe the team that's been the best team in basketball the second half of the season. I, I'm just looking around down the road. The way everything is lining up, they're going to be up against it in the second round against a team that's feeling really hot and cocky. I don't like that, Justin. It's, um, yeah, it's suboptimal that you're, you're probably not going to be tested against the Bulls. So then it's kind of like two and three years ago where your first-round matchups were the Pistons and the Magic. Oh, my God. And uh, we saw in the second round the Bucks had, you know, they weren't ready for Miami. Miami was going to win that series regardless. I think we can all admit that years later. Yeah. But um, in 2019, look at how they handled the game one against the Celtics when they just blew through the Pistons. You weren't tested, and then you come and face an actual opponent. Uh, they lost game one at home by 20 points. So mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. Uh, part of me thinks, you know, I would have much rather played Brooklyn and just said, look, we'll risk it, that maybe it's Brooklyn, maybe it's not. I agree. But we get home court advantage in the second round against the Celtics. Um, But, you know, the the flip side, I talked about this with somebody else last year, is we have seen under Coach Bud, the Bucs have just not found success in game one of series. They obviously lost that to the Miami Heat. They lost it to the Celtics in the series that we're referencing. Uh, They lost game one to the Suns, to the Hawks to the uh, Nets last year as well. Miami Heat, that was the one time it seemed like the Bucks could win game one in a series, even the Magic two years ago. Yeah. So they've been off to slow starts in game one, and I think it was Kane Pittman I was talking about it with, of, you know what, maybe home court is actually not a good thing. If you're going to yes. start slow, you might as well lose game one on the road and not lose home court advantage and then be forced to steal one on the road that you get yeah. that out of your way, and now you start to piece it together. I, weirdly, I don't think it's the worst thing at all to start on the road, especially the Bucks. The Bucks are a team that will wear you down over the course of a series. We saw that against Brooklyn and against Phoenix. And if you are going to get stronger as the series goes along, why not start on the road? I remember talking about this last year in the playoffs. It's like, well, 
losing game one on the road, I mean, you'd rather be on the road. I, I agree with right. you. And if they have to go on the road to play Boston, that might actually work out in their favor. Either way, Justin Garcia, Bucks Radio Network joining us. Let's talk a little bit about the Bulls. I have a limited time on the show. I only have two hours. The Brewers have been cutting into our time a little bit. We're going to be done a half and hour. And you want to talk tonight. about the Bulls? Well, well, that's what I'm saying. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. They're going to smash the Bulls, right? Like this, what is even worthwhile previewing in this series? Do we agree on that? Uh, yeah, okay. I think they're going to. The only thing is, it's going to be interesting to see what the crowd is like. And I've seen people point out, well, you're not going to have home court. You may not, but that's not going to decide the series. It, it may be 50 50 bucks in Bulls fans in Pfizer Forum. There may be less. I doubt it. Uh, but it's not going to be the overwhelming home court that you typically have in a series here. That being said, if that's what the Bulls are clinging to, they're in trouble. They've, they've got nobody yeah. to slow down Giannis. Um, the absence of Lonzo Ball is obviously big. Alex Caruso has not really looked like the same guy since his return, especially in that matchup against the Bucks. And, you know, DeMar DeRozan doesn't have the greatest playoff track record. So no. this should be a sweep for the Bucks. I, I would assume game three in Chicago is probably going to be pretty highly contested and it may be similar to that heat series last year where it shifted to Miami. Mm-hmm. The heat played pretty well for a half at home and then the Bucks ultimately pulled away. I think that's what we're going to see, but we're, we're aligned that this should be a four game sweep for the Bucks. Well, I've watched a lot of the bulls of the last month. My roommate is a Chicago sports fan and I haven't had a lot going on. I've been very busy the last month during the week. So I'll just come home and the bulls are playing dude. Every game they've played has been over by halftime. This, this is a dead, yeah. it's a dead man walking this team is right now. Vooch looks horrible. DeRozan just looks tired. I, and Brooke ate him alive. This is something I've, a, a useful topic maybe for Bucks Bulls, Justin, and you tell me if I'm wrong, because I like to go with wacky ideas, and a lot of times you come in and you're like, no, you're full of it. I think Brooke is a really useful weapon that the Bucks need to remember, right? Like, oh, break glass in case of emergency. Brooke Lopez is a scorer deep down, and that's something you can tap into in certain games and in certain matchups and situations. Oh, Giannis is in foul trouble. Oh, the other team is going small. Brooke can win you a game or two over the course of the playoffs, but in the second round against Boston or Brooklyn, I don't think Brooke is going to be a huge piece. Now, maybe in the conference finals, if they see Philly, who knows? That's a long ways down the road. But should they really ride Brooke against Chicago to try to take some of the workload off of Giannis and Chris and Drew? Because I think Brooke would be up for it, and we saw it against Chicago last week. I think that's uh, what the second half or the last couple of weeks of the regular season were, were really for, too, to just kind of – because when he returned, you could see he's still the rim protector. He, he's still the defender that he was. Mm-hmm. It's just the offense wasn't quite there, and it was kind of – work in progress he had to to knock off some of the rust there and i think that's what the last handful of games really were that you saw brooke lopez take on an increased workload offensively um and 20 plus points in in back-to-back games there down the stretch as well so it is good to have in your back pocket and remember that this is a guy that we really leaned on heavily to help us close out the atlanta hawks and has had some big moments for us in the past that he is that other guy you can go to and get those offense going, get that offense near the basket when it's not just Giannis. So I do agree that it, it's it's something to keep in mind for a series, no disrespect to the Bulls, but for a uh-huh. series against a team like the Bulls where you think the, the Bucks are going to have their way with them. And, you know, if we're going to win in four games here, maybe let's, let's not worry about putting some unnecessary, unnecessary miles on uh, on players like Giannis and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, and, and especially since, look, one of the other concerns that is floating around here within the, the 
the, the hallways and the studios at WTMJ and some other people I've talked to down here, one of the concerns is you know, the last time these teams played in the playoffs, Giannis body checking Mike Dunleavy, <laughs> the hard foul on Grayson Allen from Grayson Allen on Alex Caruso, and we saw the retaliation to some extent in the most recent game. There is this back of the mind Bucks fans fear of bad things happen to us. The Bulls are going to be down three games to none. It's going to be, you know, early or midway through game four, and something's going to happen where there's going to be a hard fall on one of our guys. So it seems like that's the thing that Bucks fans have kind of locked away of, please don't let this happen, but I'm also kind of anticipating it to happen. Is it, okay, so I, I agree with you. That makes total sense. Is it also a good thing that that's the only thing we're concerned about? Like, I... I, I don't know. It was someone going to break a leg? Like, is it? Are we really that concerned about it? That stuff doesn't really yeah. happen, does it? Uh, no, I mean, I, I would think not. And even the the Giannis one on Mike Dunleavy. I mean, yes, he was a a, a rotational player and starter for the Bulls at that point. But uh, I'm not even going to get in, get into comparing who Mike Dunleavy be would be on this version of the Bucks just for the the bad omen that's there. But, yes, I mean, if that's what your fear is of what if the Bulls are frustrated and have a hard retaliation foul, that tells you everything you need to know about this series. I mean, the Bulls were 38-21 and 21 at the All-Star break. They finished with 46 wins. So yeah. they went 8-15 and 15 down the stretch. I don't even know what the number is anymore, but at some point the number doesn't lie. They were, what, 0-17 or 18 against the teams in the top six. So. At some point, you are who you are. It's the same conversation I've had and a number of people have pointed out about the Brooklyn Nets. Of Yes, I understand why you're concerned, but at some point, we've got enough of a sample size here to see what this team is. I think this series is going to end Tristan Thompson's career. And I, I say that kind of as a joke, but also I, I think this is the series where he looks so bad, whether it's against Brooke or Giannis or, or the size and strength of the Bucks. I, I seriously think this series is going to end Tristan Thompson's career. I believe that. I don't know how they can play Tristan Thompson because I would assume, well, I mean, and, and not to be a jerk about it, but I would no, assume no. the Bulls are just going to have to play small. And that, that is their best possible chance here is to just play with DeMar at the four and play some of those lineups where it's Vooch and DeMar. And, but with Lonzo Ball, that takes away from it. So it's IU that you're, you're putting out there a lot more. But still, I would assume they're going to have to play small and try to spread this out. But even then, we've seen those small lineups, and there's there's just not a lot of spacing. It's Zach Levine that's out there that's spacing the floor and Vucevic, but no shooting around that to really spread the floor out. But but still, I feel like the, the Tristan Thompson minutes are going to decrease as the series goes on. And then, you you know, you would say, well, unless you're just up big time, what does that mean for the Brook Lopez minutes? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do you do you use Brooke to try to exploit them defensively, or do you keep him off the floor as to not get exploited on when the Bucks are on defense? I don't know. Well, that's the thing. The Bulls can go small, but they're not that great of a three-point shooting team. So they can go small, but as you said, the spacing stinks. I, I think because the Bulls were so good on offense, a lot of people think they can just shoot the lights out. They can go small, but they can't exactly space the floor with three-point shooting. You're exactly right. Justin Garcia WTMJ, the Bucks Radio Network. He's also our Grateful Dead slash Jam Band consultant. I think that's a good title for you. Did you get Dead & Company tickets for this summer? Um, I believe so. So I had some friends that were in charge of that, and I think we're going 
to the uh, Noblesville show and maybe one other one. I know um, one of the VPs with the Bucks I've gotten to know quite a bit. Nice. He's a huge uh, deadhead and a fish fan, so he's trying to get me to go with him to Wrigley. So that's that's TBD, but I should be at at least a few of them this summer. I'm going to be at the Wrigley one. I thought about Indiana. I was thinking about maybe going somewhere cool, but I was looking at the dates and nothing really worked, and there was no destination that really made sense. I Seeing you, you mentioned Tennessee De- Jed. This is something I wanted to ask you anyways. You've seen a bunch of dead shows. If you could guarantee one song that you get to see, lock it mm. in, you get to see it at a show this summer, what would it be? Oh, man. Um... Not Tennessee Jed. I, so that's it, it one we get off be, the list. It, it would not be Tennessee Jed. Um, boy, I, Uncle John's Band is yes. one of my favorite songs, but uh, I, I like it. I don't dislike it. I like it less and less with the, the more I hear it. Okay. So I would, I would probably still, I think every time I'm asked that question, my vote would just be, you know what? underplayed that i really like when i hear is built to last nice. and uh just the trinity of help on the way and slipknot and franklin's tower i think that would be my default for every single if i can hear this at every show i go to i'll sign up for that yeah that's fair that's what they wrapped up their wrigley show with last summer i 10 out of 10 recommend even as slow as they play it these days but okay so i got a built to last maybe that trilogy and not tennessee jet okay we made uh we made headroom today i know what to play and not to play next time i have you on okay justin Enjoy the little time that you have off this week. I know you're going to the Brewers home opener tomorrow or Thursday. Uh, Thursday, yeah, and I just literally just found out that's a four o'clock first pitch. So. Yeah, my show's not going to be on on Thursday, so I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna enjoy some free time as well. I appreciate you, Justin. Have fun with the playing games tonight, and and hopefully we'll talk again at some point during the playoffs. I appreciate you. Thanks. Sounds good. We'll see you later. See ya, Justin Garcia, Bucks Radio Network. Uh, not a fan of the song Tennessee Jed. Good to know. I'm going to make a note. Let's take a break. We'll talk about a couple of those things. I want to expand on a couple Bucks thoughts, and then we'll get back into the Brewers. Little time for Packers as well before the Wisco Sports Show is done tonight. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs> My name is Grant Bills. Going to get back into the Brewers. A few Packers things I want to hit, too, before the show wraps up at 5.30. Big thank you to Justin Garcia on Twitter, at TMJ Garcia. He's also tagged in my most recent tweet, if you follow me, at Wisco Grant. Talking a little bit about Bucks Bulls, and I'm glad that Justin and I were on the same page on this. I told him, you know, I got, I got limited time on this show. I only have so much time. And he goes, and you want to talk about the Bulls? I was like, exactly. I... I I don't want to dwell on previewing Bucks Bulls this week because I, I don't know that there is a lot to be said. The Bucks are so much better. I was on Ebo's show this morning, as I am every Tuesday at 740. And I, I just said, look, Ebo, I've watched the Bulls probably five times in April. And every game I've seen has been over before halftime. They are a dead man walking. We were talking about that line from the Green Mile. Dead man walking. This team is dead on the inside. They're just waiting for the season to wrap up. There's a certain inevitability to this Bucks bulls team. And we were talking, Justin and I were about maybe they go big. Maybe they go Tristan Thompson and Vucevic. I wouldn't if I were the Bulls. I secretly kind of hope they do that because it would be really fun to watch the Bucks absolutely destroy them. They could go small. 
the problem with the Bulls going small is they're not that good at shooting threes. Now, if you look at percentage, they're near the top of the NBA. They shoot just about as good of a percentage from three as any other team, but they don't take that many. They're 29th out of 30 NBA teams in three-point makes per game. They only make about 10.5. Now, they might shoot an okay percentage, but there's not enough volume. And if they go small and they try to spread the floor and they let Giannis and Brooke Lopez and Drew and Chris, who are all big, they're all big. If the Bulls go small for the sake of offense and allow themselves to be carved up on the other end of the floor, they just can't pour in enough three-point makes to make up for it. They might be pretty efficient at the three-pointers they do take, one of the better percentages, again, in the NBA, their top five, but they're dead last in makes per game. They get good looks, and they hit those good looks, but they're not very many looks. So if the Bulls go small... Their offense won't be able to keep up with the damage that the Bucks are doing inside. And if they go big, they're just screwed because then they can't shoot and they and they still can't defend. There's again a certain inevitability to this Bucks Bulls series. The issue is going to come in the second round when the Bucks aren't really challenged that much against the Bulls and they're going to come up against Boston or Brooklyn who will feel on top of the mountain. If Boston can get through Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they're going to be feeling hot and cocky. Same with the Nets. If they take down Boston, and Boston's been one of the better teams in basketball, maybe the best team in basketball in the second half of the year. So momentum's going to be an issue in round two. It might not be the worst thing in the world that the Bucks are going on the road to play Boston to start that series. Because if they lose game one, okay, Boston's got the momentum. Milwaukee's on the road. They typically struggle early in series anyways. Why waste your home games in game one or game two when you're probably going to lose anyways? So if they end up going to Boston and not having home court advantage in that series, it might work out okay, but they're going to be up against it in that series. I I, I just, I, we'll worry about the second round when we get there. This first round against Chicago is all but over. It is all but done and decided. We don't need to dwell on it, which is why we're going to get back into the Brewers and talk a little bucks. I have a draft thing I want to mention and an Aaron Rodgers thing I want to mention before we're done. The Brewers are going to take over at 5.30. We only have so much time, so let's make it count. Brewers and Packers coming up next after this Wisconsin Sports Zone update.